Washing a wheelbarrow. Uh, are you real? Youth and disability. What's that? Now arriving at Sin Radio. This service has now departed. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Is it you? No. Is it disability? Raise the platform. Ready, willing, and able. Raise the platform. Raise the platform. Raise the platform. Raise the platform. Don't forget the ram. Welcome to Race Platform. Um, we are so excited to be to be here because we have a special guest. Um, Gus is here with us too, and she's a part of a research study on this. Discrimination and disability of young people that the University of Sydney and the University of Melbourne are doing and is looking for young people to be interviewed in the study. Welcome, Cathy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, first of all, but first of all, before we get going with YouTube, we're going to go to a song. This is Bootleg Rascal and Love Her Like I Love You. You're on Sin 90.7. You're listening to Raise the Platform. You're on Sin 90.7, Raise the Platform. We, you are on. And we, that was uh, Bootleg Rascal and Love Her Like I Love You. You're with myself, Jaden, Stella, Alex... Nikki and a special guest today, Kathy. How are you going, Kathy? I'm going really well, thank you. I'm enjoying this sunny day in Melbourne finally, and um, enjoying that it's International Day of People with Disability. It is. <laughs> Every third of. Hello, Kathy. Tell us about the research that you are doing. Yeah, so I'm a researcher based at the University of Melbourne and I'm doing a project that's funded by the Australian Research Council and it's working with young adults with disability in New South Wales and in Melbourne to learn about the discrimination that young adults might face when they're out in public places. So looking at interpersonal discrimination in places like shopping centres or... Um, public transport or in pubs or nightclubs or at sporting venues where people where young people go for entertainment but also on the street um, so basically wherever young people are out and about in public what does the study involve so we're doing interviews with young adults with disabilities so we're really looking at 18 to 29 year olds there's been research done with younger people with disabilities, so kids in schools, young people in schools, and then there's work that's been done in workplaces, but not a lot that's been done with younger adults um, with, with disability. And we're asking people whether we can interview them two times. So the first interview is really just a kind of get-to-know-you interview, yeah. um, because obviously dis dis discrimination doesn't happen in a vacuum, so we want to know more about you know, where people go and who they hang out with and the kinds of things people like to do, whether they're studying or working or um, you know, how they're spending their time, what they do in their free time, and sort of get to know each other a bit. And then the second interview 
is to more to ask about people's experiences of discrimination in, in public places. So the interviews about discrimination are to try and learn a bit more about what happened, um, who was there, what people did in response, so what the, the young adult did, the young person with disability did in response to that discrimination, whether any bystanders did anything or whether they all stood back and, and didn't um, intervene in any way. Um, and I think one of the things that we found in the interviews that have been happening in New South Wales is that sometimes between the two interviews, which might be a few weeks apart, then things happen yeah. in that time. And so young people want to share that at the time with a text or an email or phone call. And that's absolutely fine too because it's sometimes good to get stuff off your chest while mm. it's fresh. Um, so we're really open to that way of, of working with, with young people as well. Okay. Yeah, mm. tell us the involvement you have in the research personally. So I, um, in terms of my work with people with disability, actually most of it's been overseas. <laughs> so I've done a lot of work with women with disability in the Philippines. But wow. Through, yeah, which has been really cool. <laughs> um, I've met some very um, yeah, impressive, impressive women over the last few years. Yeah. But through that work, got to know a, a researcher based in Sydney called Professor Gwyneth Llewellyn. And she's worked in disability research for a really long time time and she um, invited me to be part of this project because she knows I like to work with young people <laughs> but I so my job is really to look after the Melbourne part of the study it's a bit smaller mm. than the New South Wales it's being led by University of Sydney so their components bigger they're doing interviews in Sydney but also regional New South Wales but yeah. for us we're really focusing on Melbourne we haven't got quite the same budget for travel to regional Victoria which is a pity but at so least we're in there. So is this a joint venture or something? It's a joint project yeah between the two universities which yeah. is great. Um, so my job on the project is to um, find young people who would be interested in talking about discrimination and to do interviews with them um, and learn about you know what's what they think is important in relation to discrimination in public places mm -hmm. um, and then to work with this team in Sydney to analyse those stories and find out things that are common but also to find out things that might be different. And so for me, because I'm particularly interested in women, <laughs> I'm always interested in whether there's different experiences for young men and young women. But from Sydney, we know that there's also different experiences for people who have visible disability compared to people whose disability might be less obvious to the general public. Yeah. Um, and I am curious if there's any difference between Sydney and Melbourne. Mm. Yeah. Um, so how does this whole project come about? Well, Gwyneth was involved in an earlier research project with younger people with disabilities, so sort of 16 to 18-year-olds, sort of that transition from when people are leaving school to start heading into the workplace um, or into university, and was finding that um, people in school had often quite good support, often actually not good enough, but they had yeah. some supports in schools. And then in workplaces there might be some su supports, but there wasn't always support for people to get between the two. And so the young people that she was interviewing would talk about they had a, got a job and their employer was supportive, but actually that getting from home to the workplace, crappy things would happen, which would mean they were less motivated to go to work and sometimes would change their kind of future plans because of this discrimination and we didn't know anything about it. So that's where the research really came out of what young people were telling us about their lives um, out and about in public. Okay, uh, we're going to go to another song now. Um, we'll come back uh, with more questions for Kathy. Uh, this is Camp Cope with Keep Growing. You are on Razor Platform on C90.7. That was Camp Cope with Keep Growing.
You're listening to Raise the Platform on Sin 90.7. We're currently talking to Kathy. Why did you choose to do discrimination and disability? Uh, I got involved in discrimination and disability research really through that work actually in the Philippines where um, I was working, I have come from a background in women's health and was working with women with disability and realised that a lot of the, the issues they were facing with access to health services were because of discrimination in the health system, but also discrimination in transport and all sorts of things and prejudiced attitudes in the community. So it became really clear how important it was. Um, and I think discrimination is a really important area of um, research to work in. There's been some very good work done in the past in Australia around disability discrimination in the workplace mm. or in schools. But that, like I was saying before, there's this real gap about what happens in between. So we don't spend our whole day at work and we don't spend our whole day in school. And there's also been some work done around prejudice in families and violence against people with disability in the home or um, in care settings wherever they might be people might be living but again there's not much about the mo- when you're moving out and about in public and that's actually a lot of all of our days you know yeah uh, you, know, <laughs> you know you're out on the street you and you want to get out to I don't know if you watch music or go to pubs or sports or anything like that you're they're all in public settings and we know that people experience disability discrimination but we don't really know very much about that there's not been much research done on that so that's part of why I got involved in that area yeah Mm. what made you choose to Well, partly I like working with young people. I'm not a young person anymore, so it's nice to (laughs) reconnect with young people. Um, But I think I'm really interested in young adults. So that period just after most people have left school, um, where they might, and because I work in a university, I'm really interested in students' experience, people going to university, but also people who might be entering the work force or starting to do things more independently than they did when they were younger Um, and that time of life is really formative like it's when you start to navigate um, how you get from A to B independently and um, decide the kinds of places that where you're going to spend time and and that can have consequences for for the rest of your life (laughs) so if you have really poor experiences um, and discrimination in this early time it can mean that people really start to shut down and stay at home or not go out or not go to certain places because of bad experiences that they've had. And so I think it's such an important time, this young adult period, because it actually has lifelong effects. Um, so it's not just that I like young people, which is part yeah. of it, <laughs> but from a kind of research um, public health point of view, it's an important period of time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I think all the work that's being done with the NDIS and all sorts of stuff is all about getting economic participation. But if you can't get to work without getting harassed, then that actually is a big barrier to participation in in the community. Mm, Definitely. So, um, about what you've done so far, what have you learned, what have you noticed? Yeah. So, the, the... 
um, interviews are still in pretty early days in Victoria, so I'm, I'm a bit, you know, I think we still haven't really pinned down common experiences in Melbourne yet, but we will. Um, but in Sydney, because they've, they've been going for longer up there, mm. the sorts of things that um, we're noticing is that the young, young people certainly do report discrimination in public places. They talk about people being judgmental and, yeah. and having prejudiced attitudes and expressing that in, in negative ways, or people avoiding them. Or harassing them. And then in some instances, we've had um, young people give accounts of both verbal and physical abuse um, and sometimes violence. So that's, I mean, been distressing to hear, but important to hear, because if that's happening, we need to know about it. Um, And people talked about that happening in really diverse places. So on public transport has been one. Yes, I experience that a lot. Yeah. Um, People using um, disability parking bays, so getting a lot, especially as a younger person with a disability, that's been a big issue. Um, In pubs, in libraries, like places you wouldn't, I wouldn't think you'd necessarily experience discrimination in a library, but people would talk about that. And just generally on the street, so sort of idiots calling out from their cars and things like that. So that the one of the things that's coming up is the narrow way that the general public often think about disability so that if people there's two kind of two extremes when people have a visible a disability that's not obvious to the public. So, for example, someone, one of the young women that was interviewed had a condition where she got quite fatigued muscles and pain um, standing for prolonged periods of time. But because it wasn't obvious what her disability was, people would refuse to give up a seat or anything on public transport and would be really rude if she asked. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty crappy. Yeah. <laughs> disabilities have come up so much lately yeah. in the yeah. media. Yeah, and things where there might be more episodic like um, psychosocial impairments or yeah. cognitive disability where it's not necessarily clear that um, people might be having difficulty navigating their way around a, a public space. Then at the other extreme, with more visible disabilities, then that's when you sort of get the more idiot. So some of it's more um, just prejudice and others is really quite violent and and Mm. abusive behaviours towards people with more visible disabilities. So that's been interesting, the different sorts of experiences people have. Mm. Yeah. But I think also the thing for young people is that there's a lot of assumptions about supports. People think it's just for older you know, the ageing population, but in fact there's a lot of stuff that would make it easier for young people with disability to be out and about and participate in the community and it's not just older people. (laughs) Yeah, so there have been some of the things. um, And we have got plenty of of interviews still to do, but I guess the last thing to say that we've learned so far is um, around the impact of this discrimination so that it has real impacts on mental health. So people talking about being depressed or anxious, avoiding certain places because of that anxiety. Um, and so that's obviously not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. hmm. How many people are you hoping to interview? We're hoping all up to cross Victoria and New South Wales to interview sort of between 70 and 100. But for Victoria or Melbourne, it's really about 15 or 20 people. Okay. Yeah, so I'm hoping that your listeners out there might be <laughs> interested in participating. It would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what are you hoping this will achieve? Um, I think there's a few things we're hoping it will achieve. Um, first of all, there are all these efforts going on and, you know, the NDIS, I know it's, I'm sure that a lot of your listeners have had some challenges with the NDIS, but it also is an opportunity for real sort of big change. Yeah. But 
there's all these efforts going into increasing participation and, and, you know, inclusion in the community. But if we don't know about discrimination, then I think a lot of those efforts will be undermined. So I think it will generate a new understanding and then potentially things that could be done differently. So one of the things that's happened in New South Wales is that there was a lot of stuff around public transport, and so that got picked up by some politicians in New South Wales. They've spoken about it in the parliament, about discrimination on public transport. Yeah. And whilst you know politicians talking doesn't on its own change anything, at least it's on the agenda. Yeah. And that it might be around doing education for the general public um, about you know, yeah. that disability might not be obvious and people still might need to have the, the priority seats. It might be around the ticketing. It might be about staff and how they provide support. So sort of some concrete things that could be changed to improve um, people's experiences in public. Yeah. How do people get involved? Well, I'd love to hear from anyone who would be interested in being part of the research. So I will read out my telephone number and email now that people can contact. But I've also asked if you guys don't, don't mind putting it on your Facebook page. Yes, um, we'll definitely be doing that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I'll, I, if you take a photo, I'll tweet that as well after the thing. But so just in case anyone is listening now, my work phone number is 9035-6670. So that's um, how you can get me during work hours. And if I'm not there, it goes through to a voicemail that I can pick up from my email. And my email address is c.vaughan, so that's V-A-U-G-H-A-N, at unimel, U-N-I-M-E-L-B, dot E-D-U, dot A-U. So um, please, I'd love to hear from people who are happy to talk about it. And the coffees are always on me when we do the, <laughs> have the interviews, so that would be great. Yeah, it sounds like a very good thing to get involved with, so... Very thank interesting you. project. Uh, thank you so much for having me on and it's great to meet all of you guys and um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, when maybe I could come back and talk on your show in a while, you know, a year or two when we've got the findings to say what we found. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just inviting myself. It's very cheap. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to have you back on thank the show. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go to another song now. This is um, Kaita Alexander. Keita? Yes. Keita Alexander with Damage Done. And it is a sweet 16 for this week. You are on Raise the Platform on Sin 90.7. Keita Alexander with Damage Done on Raise the Platform. We just heard... Uh, we, we were just interviewing Kathy, who was doing a uh, research project in Melbourne on discrimination and disability of young people. So uh, you'll be able to hear that on... Um, our podcast and it'll be up on Facebook um, and Instagram and all that, yep. all that jazz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we're uh, going to talk about International Day of People with Disability because it's today. It is today. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so we actually, uh, Rosie and I, the uh, resident ghost, and Jaden. Jaden was there too. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't volu- I wasn't volunteering though. No, so uh, yeah, no. Rosie and I volunteered. We did uh, the scoring and the the timing and the music for the uh, the basketball um, at the DSR, so the Disability Re- Sport and Recreation Festival that was held yesterday at Crown River Riverwalk. Yep. Um, so that was that was so much fun. <laughs> we uh, you know, got to see quite a few games of basketball. In a very short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there were like four-minute halves of basketball. 
Uh, what did you do there, Jade? Uh, well, I did. I well, I looked at a lot of the pavilions there. Yes, because there were so many. There were so year. many of them, and also took part in like small games of soccer, wheelchair soccer. Even tried that tricycle on. Oh wow! First cycle, Vic, first cycling Victoria. Yep. Yeah, I think I saw a few of those just yeah. you know going around the place. Yeah, so um, I think, uh, well, actually, Rosie and I, when we actually weren't playing the, uh, well, scoring the basketball, we um, we looked at a few of the pavilions because, they, like, they were all closing down because by the time we actually got to them, you know, it was almost three o'clock. <laughs> and uh, so we didn't, we didn't really see much um, other than uh, the, there was a crown pavilion that had uh, employment for people with disabilities. So that was good for uh, for me and Rosie, definitely, because, you know, employment is something that we need. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, it was so hot there too yesterday. The weather was amazing. And there was uh, water skiing on the uh, Yarra River. I missed that. It was from by Jason Sleep. Who yeah. is a double double leg amputee or Yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been amazing to see. Um unfortunately I wasn't able to see it either because uh it was at the same time as the basketball. Yeah. So basketball ran for <laughs> pretty much the majority of the day. Yeah, so it went from like I think eleven till maybe two. One thirty-two ish. Yeah, um, I think it went over time. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed the day. Um, I think it's a great representation of you know all the things that people with disabilities can do because with all the pavilions and all the sports that they have um, going, and you know you can sign up and try it out and. No, there was so many other like different types of wheelchairs and yeah. bikes. So that was that was always good to see because you know you know you don't often see like bikes and specialized wheelchairs for specific. When I was sports. on the tricycle, I'm I'm always used because on a normal bicycle there's two bikes, but on the tricycle there was only one, and it was very hard to steer it. Yeah. yeah. So was it like um, you had to sort of like I guess lean to turn like like lean like the I think way? so, yeah yeah because I think that's that's how my hand cycle kind of works as well. Um, obviously, like there is like steering, but it's very small, and so I've got like a was, wide turning circle. There was a hand cycle there, yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. But cycling I didn't go Australia on that. was there, so yeah, but um. We're going to go to another song? Uh, yes. This is from our feature album of the week by AB Original. AB Original called Reclaim Australia. This is AB, This is January 26th featuring Dan Salton. And language uh, warning. And a little bit of a... Turn down your radio if you have sensitive ears. There is a bit of language in this song. Like English, maybe a bit of Spanish, even a bit of French. You're listening to Ray's platform. That's the one with AB original. January 
26 27000 you're listening to the platform on the 90.7 uh, <laughs> having Stella some technical is, difficulties uh, Stella is going to say something now know a lot about it so I can tell you about it next week on Raise the Platform. Oh. I'm doing an <laughs> online event later tonight to celebrate International Day for People with Disabilities but I don't know a lot about it so I can tell you about it next week on Raise the Platform. Yes, please That's do. <laughs> I think before you me how to do something online. Yeah. Yeah, well, we will have to wait and see what it is. Yeah, I'm excited. Who doesn't love an online event about disabilities? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, GSAC was uh, on Thursday. and uh, That was for school kids, wasn't it? Well, it was everybody, oh, okay. but uh, school kids. Um, did I thought attend. it was only for school kids. No, Hence why um, I didn't so there was there were schools there. There was yeah. um, there was a high school there. Um, yeah. There was a primary school there. I think there was an autistic school there as well. Um, and then they had um, you know, group home yeah, home, group. home groups people. Okay. Um, Yes, so that was a lot of fun as well, and uh, that was held at the Glen Ira Sports Sport and Aquatic Centre. Yep, GSAC. GSAC. Known. Yes. Yes, and uh, DSR uh, launch Passport to Play. Yes, which is an online program encouraging kids to get out and exercise. So I don't know exactly how it works. Check out our podcast from last week. Yes. Because uh, we spoke to Richard, the CEO of DSR, about about Passport to Play and the DSRF, which happened yesterday. Yes. Yes. Um, so the, the GSAC event was on Thursday. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and the Passport to Play um, is has got uh, Dylan Alcott in the uh, actual game. So you do it sort of with... Dylan, yes, you know, the guiding you along the way. The Paralympic gold medalist in two sports yes. is basketball and tennis. Basketball and tennis, yes, yes. Um, he was also there to do a little speech um, to launch Passport to Play, and uh, our very own Rosie actually did a, a speech uh, at the start of the day. Um, talking about uh, Wheelie Fit, which is a program that Rosie and I do. Um, on a Monday and Wednesday at GSAC um, for uh, fitness in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. So uh, if anyone's interested in going to that, please come along because we need people. Lots in of wheelchairs. people in wheelchairs. Yeah. So you, you you don't even have to be disabled. You just have to have a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. You can you know just come and you have to be an, you don't you, sorry. You can be an able body and just like borrow someone's wheelchair. <laughs> And, uh, you know, join in, like, all the fun activities that we do that involve lots and lots of fitness. Yeah, and so we get very tired. what activities do you do? 
Um, well, the first half now we do uh, lots of agility okay. things. So it's like, you know, lots of speed and racing and laps around uh, basketball courts yep. um, that's timed so you know how fast you're going. Um, and then you try and beat it the next week. Yep. And then we actually go up into the gym that they have there that has um, equipment that's accessible for everybody. Yes. And speaking of accessibility, a few weeks ago, and this is, this is so going away, music venues. Yeah. The Corner Hotel is finally fully accessible. Finally. Yes. I'm so glad we get to talk about it today because we actually, uh, Rosie and I, went to the Corner Hotel yesterday. Uh, to see a band and, you know, just to go up to the, the rooftop because it is amazing up there. I highly recommend it. It is just, it's amazing. So when we first realised that um, the renovations had finished, um, we normally you go... You couldn't go down, get down there quick enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, when we went there, we normally go in the front door and they have to get a portable ramp <coughs> to get us into the actual venue. But now they have a sign on the wall saying side entrance for wheelchairs. So we were were very excited about that. Um, So you just, there's no step. You just roll on in, into the the corner hotel. And then um, the security guard that was uh, opening the door for us, because, you know, we were treated like royalty practically, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, showed us that there was a lift up to the up to the rooftop garden. Yeah, so when you first went there on the Sunday a few weeks ago, and yeah, I managed to see some of the pictures. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We we'll, we might post uh, some of those pictures online on Facebook and uh, Instagram for you because we were ecstatic. We were as soon as we got in the lift, we. We screamed. Like, we screamed of happiness and we were almost in tears. Like, that's how Finally big... Finally able to go to the rooftop <laughs> garden. Yes, yes. And to top that off, there is a disabled toilet upstairs on the rooftop. Oh, uh, Yay. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very good toilet. <laughs> I highly recommend people use it. That have disabilities. Yeah. Your renovations that <laughs> to a truly iconic Melbourne venue. Yes. The Corner Hotel. Yes, and their food. We are we've had dinner there now twice, and their food is exquisite. It is amazing. Yeah. It is so good. Uh, I had last night the uh, the pork chop. <laughs> it was great. It's great. And uh, the last time we had uh, the the roasted eggplant and three cheeses arancini. And they were amazing. Yeah, and we died a little inside of, like, just amazingness. Yes. Yes. So I highly recommend that anybody and everybody go to the Corner Hotel to show that, you know, it's wheelchair-friendly and we're so happy about it. Yeah, and now that the renovation is done, it can be everybody. (laughs) Wheelchairs or no wheelchairs or on crutches or... Any any human being. Any human being now. Yes. <laughs> so excited. Ah, yay. 
Uh, we're going to go to another song now. <laughs> yes, um, this is another song, but this is just by Dan Sultan, and this is called Magnetic. You are listening to Sin 90.7 and Raise the Platform. Dan Sultan there with Magnetic. You are on Raise the Platform on Sin 90.7. You are, and we're nearly out of time, and we're just about out of time here on Raise the Platform. So, and just a heads up for next week, we have an interview with a wheelchair... Ch- tennis champion and coach of this year's Paralympic team, Danny DeToro. Woohoo! So excited. Woo. <laughs> yes, that is pretty big for this, for this show to have someone of her caliber in wheelchair sports on this show. Yeah. And just to wrap up on our socials, on our socials, we had an interview with Kathy today and her details will be up on the on the page, on the Facebook page. Facebook page is Raise the Platform, Instagram, Raise the Platform, and Twitter on RTPSYN. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next. And on behalf of myself, Alex, Stella, and Nikki, bye for now, and see you next week, same time, same place, on Sin 90.7. Bye. bye. <laughs>